We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Derek and Cody with you as always. And guys, a lot happened today for the Indianapolis Colts, and it really all happened very, very subtly and very quickly. You know, some people were wondering if a move was going to be made at all today because it wouldn't have surprised me if it wasn't. Obviously, if you were watching the streams earlier today, you would have heard Cody's reaction to everything going on and Max's reaction to everything going on. But I never actually got a chance to talk about how I felt about everything that happened today for the Indianapolis Colts. And Cody's just going to be here to moderate me. Let's talk about the first thing. And that was the first move that was made early in the afternoon, which was the firing of offensive coordinator. Marcus Brady. Cody, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think you and I were ever really fans of Marcus Brady being hired in the first place, were we? I mean, it was kind of a it was a promotion, remember? I believe he was a quarterback's coach mm-hmm. for a while, so it was kind of an internal thing. So I guess I was just like whatever with it. But it's clear that Marcus Brady was a major downgrade from what Nick Sirianni was, you know, at offensive coordinator and, and it definitely seemed like Marcus Brady definitely had a tougher time motivating the team to get going, if that makes sense. Like, you know, like obviously he didn't, you know, wasn't in charge of calling the plays. That was Frank Reich's responsibility. But a lot of people were like, what what does Marcus Brady do? Well, I'll tell you kind of what Marcus Brady's responsibilities and roles were. Basically, what his roles were were like, you know, making sure that he was connecting with all the other offensive coaches, making sure everything was in place. You know, there was a game plan that they had, things like that, implementing that, making sure that, you know, the Colts had the best players on the field at all times. And, you know, we clearly saw, especially this year and the end of last year, that wasn't happening and being performed at an adequate level, right? Um, And it just only continued into this year. And just really, really, the, the team struggled offensively. We already know that. You know, obviously some due to the play calling, which Frank Reich deserves some of that blame. But just the team not looking prepared, right? That's something that we said offensively all year. The team just did not look prepared. There were certain personnel decisions that just didn't make a whole lot of sense at times offensively. So Marcus Brady is the first guy to take the fall from that. I'm sure there's other people 
that are definitely uh, to blame as well. But as the offensive coordinator, it, it falls on Marcus Brady first, you know, to make those things happen. And he just wasn't getting the job done. And I, you know, I do think it's a microcosm of a bigger issue, but I think at least for right now, and based off of some of the reports you've heard about Frank Reich being safe this season, at least, um, it's not, I guess it was a little bit surprising, but at the end of the day, if there was anybody, I guess Marcus Brady would be the next guy in line there to get the cut. So we'll see, man. Um, and maybe this honestly now, because Frank Reich's going to take those OC responsibilities that Brady had. If the team doesn't show any signs of improvement, I think to Ursay, maybe that even further cements Frank Reich's, you know, tenure out of Indianapolis. That's kind of my thoughts is like, you know, if Frank's saying it's Marcus Brady, it's Marcus Brady or whatever. I don't think he'd say that, but you know what I mean? Right. If the thing is like, it's Marcus Brady and they put that on him and then the team comes out and they still don't look good. It's like, well, no, it's not Marcus Brady. It's a whole coaching issue, right. you know? So that's kind of my thoughts on it. Uh, you know, I thought he was a little bit of a scapegoat because the offense has had a lot more problems in certain ways and also with play calling. It's not just execution. It's been play calling too. I think it's a, a definitely a combination of, of multiple things here. Um, but yeah, definitely the performance has taken a major toll. And, you know, the Colts continue to trot out guys like Matt Pryor out there at offensive line and don't, don't seem to put out the best players to win sometimes, especially on the offensive line this year. So. That's kind of my overall thoughts on just the Marcus Brady thing. It definitely just seems like it was a, a little bit of a, he was kind of the fall guy and we'll see uh, moving forward if that means anything for, you know, if this Colts offense, if personnel changes, things of that nature. But uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Well, I mean, I thought it was really stupid uh, to say the least. I mean, I'm not excusing the fact that, you know, Marcus Brady obviously was not, cut out for the job. I mean, ever since uh, he has become the OC, this offense w- just wasn't the same under Nick Sirianni. Uh, there's, a, there's a clear difference in the talent gaps between the two coaches, and it, it's very, very apparent. And, of course, you know, you have people, I hear on both sides of it, you know, Marcus Brady definitely deserved to be canned, but then again, I also understand the fact that he's the scapegoat because he's the first guy of maybe a list of many to go after the season is over. And this one just happened to be during the middle of the season. Two things that come to mind right after you do this. I mean, first off, let's just, I mean, just say that Jim Ursay's tweet was hilarious to say the least after that. Yeah, guys, uh, I wish him best with thumbs up. Yeah, that, uh, that's, that's really funny. But anyways, like when we're talking about guys like coordinators or coaches that don't have accountability, how the hell does Chris uh, Strausser still have a job? Like how does that man still have a job, right? Like I would think we can all agree that he has been by far doing the absolute worst job of any coach on this entire team. And yet he still has a job, but Marcus Brady is the first one to get canned. I mean, I just think it shows a lack of a true understanding of what's going on. And there's people that are, you know, coming after Jim Ursay saying that, you know, he might be the true fault here, the true problem with this team, because, you know, he's allowing guys like Marcus Brady to get canned when there's bigger issues uh, going on with the team than Marcus Brady. And I mean, when it comes to all of this, I mean, 
Frank Reich is going to now be the OC and the head coach. Well, I mean, he already does the job of both, right? Like a head coach is supposed to communicate with his OC throughout the week about scheming against defenses to figure it out, right? Well, now you're you're in charge of both. You don't have someone now that is going to come in and give you advice. Every single thing offensively from this year forward is all going to be on Reich. So you're right. Does it does the offense change? Does the scheming look better going forward? Or does it look the same that we've seen all year? And if you're right, if it does turn out to be, oh, it's just the same of bad play calling, bad scheming offensively, then that gives you merit to fire Reich at the end of the year if you don't feel that he's done the job when he has no excuses of having doing it all himself. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, just one more thing weird. I want to say. It definitely seems like, going back to Sirianni real fast, Sirianni was a guy that I don't get an impression that he's a yes man by any stretch. Like He's a guy that would challenge Frank Reich, and I get the impression that Marcus Brady is more of a yes man since he was an internal hire. You know, Sirianni was a separate outside hire. If you remember, he I think he was uh, with the Chargers previously before being hired by Indianapolis. So, like, the Colts need that. Frank Reich needs another person that's going to push back on him and and give him flack for things. Like, he's going to need needs a guy like that. And the fact that I don't think Marcus Brady was that guy, and that's why the offense at times just looked absolutely horrendous. And sometimes that's why you're, you know, snapping it on third and goal. You're in the shotgun. Like, things like that, that, like, Sirianni, you know, would have – a lot of issue with, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think that's a big reason why maybe this is happening too. So like, personally, I don't think it's going to get any better because this team is what it is. We know what this offense is. And Frank Reich is the one calling the plays at the end of the day. And we still have questions about that. So yeah, yeah I mean, maybe the team looks a little bit more prepared, but I'm not holding my breath because at the end of the day that you're right, the head coach sets the temperature for this team and this temperature right now for this team it's ice cold. It really Absolutely. is. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just unfortunate, man. It's very unfortunate. And also now, you know, we're going to get into the next news, I know, but you've gotten rid of one of your best receiving weapons out of the backfield now. Yeah. You know, a guy who scored your only touchdown this, this previous week. So, right. I mean, you're definitely making things harder on yourself now for, as the head coach. Well, and before we even get into that news – uh, is there? Are you surprised at the Colts' inability to trade any other weapons that we had, like you know, defensively or offensively? Because I heard really? they were trying to trade. People were asking about Colts wide receivers. Uh, people were asking about you know maybe some of the corners. Uh, I mean, it was surprising to me that there's a couple guys that you know. We I and mean, we even talked about you know, what was going on with Kenny Moore right after the game. You know, there's uh, – I think it's kind of weird that, you know, you traded away one weapon that was a failure by the coach to use rather than other guys who were just not playing well. I mean, I think at the end of the day, this is continuing as the head coach and GM to dig your own grave, Derek. Like, you're you're not taking – responsibility and saying, yeah, you know, we messed up here. We shouldn't have 
paid this guy this amount of money or whatever. Like you're almost admitting like we just didn't use this guy and we overpaid him. And for what we're using him for, we majorly overpaid him. And, uh, you know, that's just a mistake. But like, yeah, for the guys, it's like Hines, it was never a performance issue. With the other guys, it's a performance issue. So I do wonder if it's like no team wants to take on those contracts, you know? Yeah. Even if it is like a fifth-round pick, like nobody wants to take on that contract. Nobody wants to pay Ryan Kelly what he's getting paid, right? Nobody wants to go and trade for Matt Ryan. Hey, like Mo Alley Cox, who's getting $8 million a year. No, nobody's going to do that. So, I mean, that, not really super surprised. I thought maybe since Kelly was a well-known name, he might be a guy that was potentially or Kenny Moore. But, you know, uh, at the end of the day, nothing really came to fruition there. I'm sure the Colts listened to trade offers for them, but uh, maybe didn't feel like it matched what they felt like the player was still worth. So I don't know everything. I don't know all the players that were on the market potentially for Indianapolis. But at the end of the day, it takes two sides to make a deal. And, the only deal that could be reached was the Naheem Hines deal. I think that uh, we can get to the point where we both know that Chris Ballard's version of how much knowing how much guys are worth is not a very good thing at this point. You, you're, yeah. you paid, you did pay Naheem Hines six million dollars a year to over six million dollars a year to you know have him touch the ball four times a game. Uh, you have paid. Molly Cox, $8 million a year for him to not even touch the ball once over the last three weeks of your game plan. You know, like I think it's clear to say that Ballard's spending habits uh, is not going very well right now uh, yeah. when we're looking at all these players. But going into the big one, and that was what everyone was talking about uh, Naheem Hines being traded to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, in exchange for Zach Moss and a six-round pick. So before I say anything else, I do want to say thank you so much to Naheem Hines for being a part of this team. Truly, truly sad to see you leave this way. It really is unfortunate that you felt that you needed to get out. And that's another thing, Cody, that you know we talked about several weeks ago that we felt like the Colts were losing the locker room. This is another example of that. Uh, another voice in the locker room being gone for several reasons, which we'll get into. But again, Hines, uh, thank you very much. You are a staple of the community. You are a great human being. You are a great football player. I truly, truly hope that you go and win a championship with Buffalo, preferably this year. What Buffalo's doing over there, they're going to absolutely love having. Naheem Hines playing for them. Uh, that's another fantastic weapon that Josh Allen, I know, is going to actually use. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's kind of break it down. We heard yesterday, yesterday in the evening, that the Colts were planning to shop Naheem Hines. And then the news came out this morning that the talks were heating up and that most likely a deal was going to get done. And from what we're hearing now is that Naheem Hines was the one that requested a trade out of Indy because, you know, going all the way back to May, you had Frank Reich coming out to the media saying, if I was a fantasy owner, I'd pick Naheem Hines, inclining that he was going to use him in a very uh, useful way and get him involved quite a bit in the offensive game plan. And obviously, over the span of this year, he has touched the ball 
43 times this year in eight games. So just about five uh, touches a game and almost half of those coming in the run game too. So it's not like it's 10 carries and 35 catches. No, it's been 18 carries and 25 catches. So it's been 50-50. And, you know, Hines has 36 yards on the year. Obviously, you know about it from the fact that the offensive line has been terrible all year. And then when the Colts lost to Tennessee uh, in week four, you know, they had the game. And then he said that, you know, this quarterback carousel that we're on, it's getting very frustrating and it's hard to get in a rhythm with these new quarterbacks that we keep having every year. Well, guess what? He's going to be on a team now that has their franchise quarterback for the next 10 years and probably is going to be where Naheem Hines is going to finish out his career catching passes from Josh Allen rather than Sam Ellinger. And you're right. It, it really is weird that, you know, you trade away the one guy that scored your one touchdown in the last game, Cody. And I was just thinking of that. And I was just thinking to myself, how disturbing is it is that, and look, Naheem Hines was not our number one running back. I get that. But it feels like more of a bridge to it than anything because, again, this GM paid him $6.3 million a year to basically touch the ball five times a game, right? You're, t- you're paying that guy that much money and he's not doing anything for you uh, in an impactful way for the most part. And that's not even really his fault. It is the the team not being able to block for him. And then on top of it, it's the coach for not getting him involved in the correct ways to get Naheem Hines involved. And for him to feel like he had to request his way out tells you how little confidence he has in the coaching staff. And that should tell you right there and then about how uh, this coach is coaching this team. Because it's not the first time that we've had this argument. We've had it multiple times. And then going to the trade itself, look, obviously Ballard got fleeced into it. He wanted to get rid of Hines just to get rid of Hines to make Hines happy. That's why they took the sixth. I'm not insanely mad about that one. Trade him and then bring in Zach Moss. For what reason? Like, I mean, Zach Moss isn't going to be able to fill the job of what Naheem Hines was capable of doing. We all know that. Zach Moss was the second running back or third running back in that Bills backfield already. We don't need that. And then it just, it seems like would have been so much better if Ballard would have forced Reich to use Hines more. Again, another situation where Ballard should have went to to Reich and said, Okay, this is no longer a discussion. This is a this is a promise. You will use Hines more in this game. I do not care if you have to force feed him. Get him the football. Find a way. You're the coach. Deal with it. I'm tired of having these guys come to my office and tell me that they're tired of you because of the fact that you don't get them involved in the offense. So it's very it it sucks. It sucks because Naheem Hines didn't deserve what he was getting. 2020, he was widely renounced as one of the most pure specialist running backs in the NFL. 
And then in the last two years, he has just become an oblivion in this Colts offense ever since Nick Sirianni left. So, I mean, Cody, you can rehash whatever you want to say about it. I'll just say this sucks. This sucks losing him. And I and I hope that this really stings for Frank Reich. He he deserves to feel this because he has been the issue. It's been it's been this whole offensive staff for the last couple of years. You're right. Like it seems, Derek, to me, like there is a major disconnect between the GM and the head coach. The GM wants one thing, the head coach does another thing. You know what I mean? Like the GM says, we want to be tough running the football. We want to be tough doing these things. We want to be a tough football team. And this team has been not nothing like that this year. Completely the opposite, right? Um, and then, you know, you know, you, you, you re-sign guys like Naheem Hines. And the, the coach just doesn't use him, you know, to his full potential. It's just like things like that that make me think that this team is very disjointed right now from the top. You know, they're very disjointed from the owner to the GM, to the coach. Like, it just seems like everybody has a different idea of how to run this team right now. And I don't know if either any of them are necessarily correct, Derek. I mean, that's just kind of where we're at right now. And so the fact that that's happening, you know, the fact that there's been other players who I know have been frustrated with not getting involved. I'm sure Paris Campbell's been frustrated because there's, there's games where he goes and has 10 catches, and there's other games where he hasn't been involved this year. You know, and, and other players as well. There's just like, what is happening? I'm sure that Mo Ali Cox is not happy. The fact that he's not even getting targeted out there anymore. I'm sure Jelani Woods isn't happy. I know he's only a rookie, but like every time he's been throwing the ball, he's been making plays and we just don't get him the football. And it's just like, there's just, it's, it's very clear to me, Derek, at this point, and you can disagree with me if you want. This locker room, I can smell the stink of this locker room from a mile away. It's not a question anymore, right? The culture has gone rotten with this team. It's very evident at this point. I mean, it's just bad, man. It's, it's just getting ridiculous. And it seems like as the weeks go on, it's kind of starting to unravel at the seams a little bit more. Like you see cracks in the armor with this organization right now. Yeah, it, it seems like this move really just, if you look deeper into it than what you actually would normally think, um, it definitely feels like that sort of situation where it feels like all the cries for help from some of the players from this year and people just haven't quite seen it or noticed it. And I mean, it takes just this for you to know people that Naheem Hines, who loved the city of Indianapolis, who took him in and made him a weapon his first two years in the NFL. And then the last two years when the OC leaves, the head coach and the new OC can't find a way to get him involved in the offense. And he feels like he has to leave. I mean, it speaks to everyone in the locker room and the organization that clearly there is a disconnect going on between the players the head coach and the and the GM and you know I hope that we can figure this out because you know again Hines given what was being put in front of him and asked of him was not changing the way this team was playing at all uh, through the rest of the year and who knows if it was ever going to change anything at all but I mean at the end of the day I'm just happy for Hines that he's actually going to probably go to a place that plays winning football 
has a good offensive minded coach and actually has a way to get him involved in offensive game plans. I will be watching every Bills game that I can to watch Hines tear it up on Sundays. So that's going to do it for this one, guys, on my reaction and our split reaction here to uh, the trade deadline moves and what happened today and what didn't happen. Uh, Let us know your guys' thoughts. And if you guys want to go see the initial reaction of Marcus Brady being fired and of their reaction to Hines on the live stream, I highly encourage you guys to go check those out as well. Uh, Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.